0: And so we, we were babies when we got married. You know, I'm still incredibly young, way too young to have been married 17 years.
1: Diz Runs Radio, episode 1160. Starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey y'all, so today's episode, a little unique, something something new, you know, knocking on the doors of, of nine years of the podcast, closing in on 1,200 episodes, why not do something for the first time? I think the first time in the history of uh, this this little show. Uh, but before we get into that, before I explain what we've got going on today, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Amino Co. You know, when it comes to giving your body what you need, their their formulations of amino acid supplementation they're 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 legit. You know, it's it's all formulated and measured out, and it's all scientifically backed. And uh, basically giving your body what, what it needs to perform optimally, to recover optimally. Uh, you know, whether it's the Perform Blend, kind of a pre-workout, something to give yourself a little bit of a boost before you head out for your run, or maybe before you, before you head to the gym, do a little bit of strength training. Um, or, you know, post-run, post-workout, give yourself that boost to help with the recovery process. The, re- the Recovery Blend is my go-to for that. Like I've said before, like I'll say it again, Add it to the coffee. Hit it with the the little the little blender, the little frother. Whew, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, but AminoCo has, has been a good supporter of the show recently, last year plus. And uh, I know a lot of y'all have used the supplements and used used the product as well. Hopefully, you're you're seeing the benefit of it. And uh, if you haven't tried it out yet, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, use the link AminoCo.com dot com slash disruns. That way, we get a little credit here. That way, they know their their sponsorship dollars are going to you know. Paying off are being used, and uh, definitely make sure you use the code DizRuns at checkout to save yourself thirty uh, percent on your purchase. So DISRUNS at checkout save thirty percent. Um, AminoCo dot slash DizRuns is the link to get you there, and make sure we get a little credit as well. So like I said, today's episode a little bit uh, a little bit different. Hopefully you'll like it. If you don't, we'll be back to something a little bit more normal hopefully, next week. But a few weeks ago, my darling wife was interviewed on the Time for Brunch podcast, which I know there's a little bit of overlap. Some of you maybe are, have already heard this conversation. Uh, but Time for Brunch, hosted by Christine Hetzel and Shelby Schmidt, who have been past guests on the show, friends of the show. Uh, Rebecca was on, and it was for their Mother's Day episode. And kind of talking about um, her slash R but I guess from mostly from her perspective, since she was the one that was there uh, journey with through infertility till, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we uh, have a child now. So, you know, that, that happened. Um, but it wasn't as easy as, uh, you know, sometimes you might think that it might be. So anyway, I, I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I, I enjoyed kind of hearing Rebecca's take on the situation and kind of how running played a part in, in, you know, kind of her working through that process and obviously still a part of her life today. Um so I thought I'd share it here. I, I don't think, you can fact check me if you want, but I don't think we've ever aired another episode from somebody else's podcast here on this feed. So we're making history, making history in episode 1160. Uh, so first of all, if you haven't checked out Time for Brunch yet, please, please do so. Good show. It's unique. It's a little bit different than uh, a lot of the other podcasts out there, which I think is a good thing. Uh, Christine and Shelby have good things going over there. Um, so check it out. Timeforbrunch.com is their website. And, of course, you know, Time for Brunch on all the socials. Search for Time for Brunch on your podcast app. Give it a listen if you haven't done so already. I may have been on the show a couple times already, so maybe you've, you've checked it out when I was on there. If not, you know, if you don't want to listen to me, that's cool. No, no factor there. But you can find me on in their archives a few a few episodes back as well. Um, But thanks thanks to them. Shout out to to Christina Shelby for letting letting me air this today, Uh, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. So uh, let's get to it.
2: All right, friends. Bringing another special guest to our brunch table, we have Rebecca Cray. And if that name sounds familiar, she is the better half of Denny Cray, who we all know and we all love. And I'm pretty sure he would be okay with me saying the better half because, I mean— let's face it. She is the one behind it all, or at least that's what we're going to say, because we're giving the women the power in this episode. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Now, Rebecca was gracious enough to come on as we celebrate women this episode and our different paths, our different journeys. She has been willing to come on and talk about her own path to motherhood, which included infertility. And um, that's why we were sure to include the little bit of a trigger warning before this segment, just to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and keeps going in their own journey, however that looks. So we obviously know that's a big part of your journey, which we are going to talk about. But we also know that you are a runner. And I want to touch on how you became a runner. And then we will, we'll go into how that played into your second part of your journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my dad was a runner growing up and my dad used to go off. He called himself a jogger, but I would have called him a runner, you know, but that was, that was the eighties. So of course they were joggers. Um, And uh, I would like to say I was probably in middle school when I started going for runs with my dad. Um, I, when I went off to college, we, uh, Denny and I both went to the same college and we had a lake that our college was on and it was just under three miles around the lake. And so I used to run that during college as well. Um, and then when, when Denny and I met, I was the runner and he was not the runner. And I used to like run past him and like have to turn around and go back to get him. Um, which is ironic now because that is not the case anymore. But, um, yeah. So I started my journey from my dad. I was very much a uh, run when I feel like it kind of runner at the beginning, um, run when I sign up for a race kind of runner, um, which I think is a great way to to be. But I would say now my running is a uh, more part of my life and, and who I am and part of my daily routine.
2: That's awesome. I love that your dad got you into it. Like I always love when parents get kids into running maybe it's my own selfish hope that i will carry that on with my own daughter but i won't i won't project that that hope on too early
3: just yet just yet (laughs) this episode may be earmarked for her no maybe
0: (laughs) Uh, well my dad and i used to actually uh we have gone on runs up until the last few years um together when i go visit him so it's it's been really cool to be able to share that with him. as as we've both grown older,
3: I love that now there's multiple generations of runners in your family, all from your father picking up jogging. I assume that he was the first. Oh
0: yeah, very much so. Yeah, yes. Uh, my my father's family, as far as I know, there were no real runners. He was the first um, to take that on, and he he did a lot of like beach races. We I grew up in Florida,
2: and so you know he did a lot of.
0: Running on the beach or um, short runs, five k's, things like that.
2: And now you're passing that on to Addy, and even with the, and it's kind of appropriate that they do have the hashtag Addy and Daddy, which we talked before we hit record that we have to figure out a hashtag for you guys because Mama needs a hashtag.
3: I'm telling you, I will say it's a little bit. It's going to be challenging because I I'm I'm, on, I'm googling I'm googling all the ways that we can rhyme with Addy, and it's. it's We're going to have to figure it out, but I feel like this is a challenge that either um, the brunch crew can take on and maybe help us out with, because I feel like it's going to be very
0: important as well. And I would have thought that I could have come up with something at this point, because I am like, I'm drinking from a coffee cup that says I prefer my puns intended. I am a punny person. I love alliteration. Like you would think that something would jump out at me by now, but it it just hasn't yet.
3: So we're throwing down the gauntlet, friends. You're going to have to tag us, tag, of course, Denny as well, when you come up with this brilliant hashtag, um, because we're counting on you guys. We're definitely counting on you guys, but I do want to get into the conversation of you met Denny, you guys fall madly in love because he had to chase after you quite (laughs) literally. And then you guys decide to start a life together. When did you decide to
0: start a conversation of family planning or what that looked like for you? Ironically, our anniversary is coming up. It's Mother's Day weekend, um, and that will be our 17th anniversary, um, and so we we were babies when we got married. You know, I'm still incredibly young, way too young to have been married 17 years. I was going to say, so you guys met when you were two years old. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Crotchety yeah. old man, Denny. You know, we we all know he's the get off my lawn old guy, right? Um. So, but but he's married to this super young spring chicken. Isn't he lucky? Um, <laughs> surely is. Definitely. It's so lucky. So lucky. Um. So we had probably been married. Oh gosh. Now that I have to think back through that timeline, um, at least five, six years, um, before we started that conversation, I'm sure I could count back better and come up with a more solid number, but it was at least five or six years, um, that we had been married before we really started to get serious. I had been talking about it for a little bit longer than, than he was on board, but, um, we were we were happy with where we were and living our lives. He um we moved to Tennessee so he could get his master's degree and um we're comfortable with just the two of us for, for quite some time.
3: I love that as well. So you did say though that you had been thinking about it a little bit before he was. So is it something
0: that you knew that you wanted to be a mom? Oh, absolutely. So I you know, I said I'm a child of the eighties. My dad um, used to – I don't know if you remember those printers that would print with the, like, paper all joined together with the holes on the side. I know there's, like, a specific name for it, but he used to dot print me – Dot Matrix
3: printer, I yes, think. Yes, Dot
0: Matrix. Thank you. He, he would print me these banners so I could color with, like, the pixelated pictures and words on them. The dot Matrix, right? Um, and the one that always stands out to me was he made me one that said babies and ice cream. Um, or ice cream and babies, no particular order. My two favorite things continue to be my two favorite things. And so I I knew from the time that I could know that I had wanted to be a mom and that I wanted to have babies. And um, so that was a conversation that Denny and I had very early on about about wanting to be parents and, and both sharing that. I think he wants to be a grandparent more than he wanted to be a parent. But, you know, he was. I can see that. Means to an end. I I feel like it's on brand for him, though. I
3: mean, it feels like (laughs) I could see him leaning into that grandpa energy. Um, We'll we'll talk about that for sure, because I'm curious (laughs) if he already has his grandfather name picked out that he wants his grandchildren, his future grandchildren to call him, if that happens to be the case. But so you guys know that you definitely want to be parents and you get to that point where you start discussing it. Where along the lines... um, if you're comfortable talking about it while we're here that you guys figure out this isn't happening quite as easily as maybe the movies make it out to be. Cause I feel like if anybody who watches a movie or reads a book, it feels like it's like all instantaneous.
0: Oh Well, of course. Right. We've got to think that that happens right away. Especially, you know, you're, you're growing up and it's always like beware it's going to happen to you. If you breathe the wrong way, you're going to get pregnant, you know? Um, so, I just went into it thinking, of course that's going that's what it's going to be, and so I think that we had been trying for or in trying is is loosely used at this point, but um not not trying uh for about four months into it when I was having a conversation with a couple um of friends of mine who had children and was saying that you know we had been um trying for about four months and they said they were like their reaction was oh I'm so sorry it hasn't happened yet and I was kind of shocked like wait what what do you mean you're like that's normal that's that's normal right and so Denny being the laid-back guy that he is I don't think that it it fazed him at all but for me I was like oh wait is that a thing and so I think at around six months is really when it kind of clicked for me like oh that's um maybe maybe this is something I should think about and so that's when I six months into it I probably was starting to read all of the books and um for those who have been through infertility or any anybody that's taken them just a little bit longer to get pregnant uh, I started tracking my temperature and my cycles and I became incredibly familiar with my body and um all of those processes but it 6 months for me is when um, I probably became aware of it it was it was probably quite a bit longer for him probably closer to a year before he got there
2: so yeah navigating that can be hard too cuz it's happening to your body and you do become hyper aware regardless if it happens sooner takes longer or whatever i i do feel like you become extremely familiar with every facet that health class did not cover for the mind you because yeah you you go through your life thinking if you breathe wrong it's just gonna happen and um and it is one of those where it's a, a weird navigation when you actually are wanting it to happen
0: yes absolutely and our our poor child now um she's she knows all of the things and and um she's I mean, not all of the things. She's only eight, but um, <laughs> she's uh, she will know all of the things, and she knows all of the anatomical terms. And we talk openly um, because I don't want her to, to go into anything um, not understanding how our bodies work. So that that's you know it's it's changed. Not just my life, all you know, generations to come. I'd like, which to
2: think. is a is a great thing and something I fully support. Because yes, I even my five year old knows exactly what everything's called. There's no, there's no cutesy names happening up in here. Yep.
0: Absolutely.
3: So, Rebecca, you start tracking. You start becoming intimately aware of every aspect. I'm curious at this point. How is how are you feeling emotionally? Do you feel a bit more, are you getting frustrated are
0: you a little like apprehensive? So I, I am uh, an anxious person. I always have been, which is welcome to the club, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, you know, at the time I did not realize that I had anxiety. Um, Since then, uh, that has been something that has been part of the whole journey. So, um I I would definitely say that I started to become anxious but probably didn't really fully address those emotions until a year into it when I went to the doctor for the first time and um the doctor was like so a year off of birth control why aren't we pregnant yet
2: um well thanks uh, yeah uh huh <gasps> oh, great oh my
3: great god I would manner probably <laughs>
2: I would have been taken out in handcuffs cause I would I would have thrown some thrown some hands on that comment.
0: Well, that was definitely a, like a gut punch and I just broke down in tears. And, uh, um, I want to say that that, that was coming to him for saying something like that to me, but, um, that was kind of my, my first big realization. Um, and the first time where I really, um, addressed those emotions myself um it kind of been this is normal this is fine trying to tell myself to try to work through that anxiety instead of really addressing the emotions that were happening within me for all that was was happening
2: and now you were still running through at this point did running help any of the anxiousness or did you still were you trying to anxiousness at that point
0: would love to say that I would um, that it was helpful, um, at the time, but I would say a run in response to the, the anxiousness and the, the emotions that would come up. And so I'd kind of let them build and then I'd go out for a run to kind of let it all out. Um, and, uh, now in my life, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but that, that's very different um, in, in how running has, has changed my mental health even um, and how I work and process through things. But it was very different at the time.
3: That's the beautiful thing about running and all aspects of life. We get to kind of evolve and it plays such a different role. During different seasons of our lives. So yes, there's no doubt that I have both been on the running from things and then running to things when it comes to that kind of a journey. So this doctor says this incredibly insensitive comment, and I'm sure goes home, questions his career choices after that. If didn't, he showed up. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, he berated himself for, I'm hoping 15 minutes at the very least. But you have this response. What is the next conversation at this point is this where he lets you process and you are he prepares you with the options that you have moving forward or is he ill-equipped to handle that so he refers you to another specialist or a doctor i
0: think that that would have been either of those responses would have been wonderful um (laughs) and i would have welcomed them um he prescribed medicine um which was a Part of you know now that I reflect upon my journey, that's um, kind of how things were handled um, my whole life. I have really difficult menstrual cycles. Okay, we'll you know give you some medicine instead of really like let's talk, think about what might be causing this. We're we're going to prescribe medicine and try to fix um, the symptoms um, that are coming from it, not necessarily the the underlying causes of these issues, and so. I um, I went on Clomid and increased my, uh, and so no testing, no, none of those things were done. Um, just went on medication and um, steadily increased my intake uh, every month for about four months before I decided. I'm going to go to a different doctor. This is not working.
2: I was about to say, I'm like, so at the point of this journey, when you find a new freaking doctor, because I'm like, we, we need that information.
3: Well, I think it's also a great time to remind ourselves that we tend to have a lot of, we put doctors on a high pedestal. We assume they're giving us exactly what we need because they know more. And I guess it's a great uh, reminder that we have to advocate for ourselves and thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that message with people because it sounds like to me that you have hindsight 2020 as you're wearing your super cool blue blocker glasses <laughs> and you probably now see like, oh, I wish that I, this is something that I would have known more of or that this doctor would have prepared me for this.
2: Especially at such a vulnerable time because mm-hmm. I mean, I speak for myself at least when I'm that vulnerable and in a place of so much unknown, a lot of times you have no idea what advocating yourself even looks like, which is why conversations like this are so important because it, it gives you the ammunition that you hope you never have to use, but that you have in your pocket in case you do.
0: Absolutely. And no, we know ourselves, we women know our bodies. And at that point in time, I really knew my body. I knew it very well. I knew um, I could tell you what was happening when it was happening Um, you know, I I had it all down. And so, um, you know, we should be empowered to trust ourselves and our bodies and know that sometimes we have to demand that people stop and listen to us. And that's not just doctors. I mean, I think you guys know it as run coaches, like that when you really have someone who will listen to you and pay attention to your needs, um, that's when uh, the the steps can be taken towards progress. And so, um, that, that's what happened. And I found a new doctor, um, who sat down and the first appointment was, let's just talk, let's talk about, let's review these things. Um, and let's, let's see where it is that we need to go. Um, I also started seeing an acupuncturist who even more so than my OBGYN was, 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 Let's really talk about every tiny little thing um, and listened to me and worked with me and adjusted as need be. Um, And so I felt a lot more supported at that point in our journey.
3: Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that you found specialists that could be considered conventional versus more non-conventional methods, but still found different ways to get that support system that felt right for you. So we continue in this journey. You finally have a great team. I still assume it didn't just happen overnight at this point though.
0: No, no, it did. Unfortunately, um, it didn't, we went through, um, four years total. So we had our first year, um, and then three years after seeing a specialist, um, and the three years with my acupuncturist, um, which, uh, that, that was a big struggle. Um, of course anybody going through that can tell you, um, the emotional toll that that takes on you. And as a woman, it's a reminder every single month. Um, and so those emotions are brought back up, um, regularly. And so, um, that, that was something that I worked through with lots of support, um, with a therapist, with my acupuncturist, um, Denny and I did uh, all of the testing at this point because we had seen someone that knew what they were doing and said, we're not going to throw any more medicine at this until we figure something out. Um, But of course, everything came back, everything's perfectly normal. Well, obviously, everything's not perfectly normal um, because we're not getting pregnant. Um, And so because we didn't have those types of answers, for me, that left me going, well, there's no real way to Fix this if there's nothing that's right. broken. Um, and so it, it was a, a tough mental place to be more so than for me, because I was viewing myself as broken. And um, I think that, you know, as women, we can sometimes put that pressure on ourselves, and we internalize that and we take it on. Um, and I would say that for me, that later part of that journey is really when running, Became more consistent for me and became part of that healing process, um, for me mentally, um, really changed, uh, my outlook and my perspective as we went through that.
2: Was it hard? I mean, obviously the mental toll is. I would say probably one of the biggest portions, but also the physical toll because you are being poked and prodded and I'm assuming there were other medicines that were properly prescribed at that time or or being used to test different things. So physically the toll as well with being an active person, did you feel like you had to relearn your body in that regard with the different factors at play?
0: Absolutely. I really, it felt like my body wasn't my own. Um, There, there were, because of extra medication and different things that we were working on, I'm going through, you know, let's rid our house of all of the chemicals possible and we're only eating these certain things. Um, And so that's changing my body, but then I'm also having, you know, different types of medication and pokes and prods and, Um, all of those things. And that changes chemical balance within your body. And so I I really, it just, I did not feel like my body was my own during this whole time. And, um, you know, after four years, or we were approaching that four year mark, we kind of sat down and had the talk of, um, let's take a break. Like, this is just, this is too much emotionally physically all-consuming taking up all of our time I'm taking off time off of work to do treatments and um, it just it was too much let's just sit back and and focus um, on not that right now um, we had the talk of you know like would it be so bad if it was just the two of us um, and that's a hard talk to have um, but uh, you know at Sometimes you have to just take a step back and kind of think about those things, and um you know, I can still have ice cream and hold other people's babies, or you know we can ex- start exploring the idea of adoption, which we started to do as well um, and there there's different paths for different people, right and I know that you guys are talking with lots of people who have taken mm-hmm. lots of different paths, and for us, um the path was you know, like we'd like to have our own child, but we're also okay um, if we don't have our own child and we'll have to, you know, figure out what our life's going to look like at that point. And so we were kind of there um, and had been there for a little while. And I stopped taking my temperature every morning and I stopped, um, you know, focusing so heavily on those things. I think that it's nearly impossible as a woman to completely not think about that, uh, again, because we have regular reminders in our bodies that tell us those things. But, um, you know, we were, we were getting to an okay place. And running was a big part of that, again, for us. Um, we, uh, we flew out to Kansas City for my best friend's wedding. And Denny ran a marathon while we were there. Um, he, it was one that went into, I think it was Missouri. So that crossed off for him because we were right on the Kansas city line. Um, and then, um, I was training for a half marathon, um, in our town. And so, you know, like I, I was running a lot more regularly because I actually had a race to, to, to sign up for. And so, or a race to run. And, um, it was my first half marathon, And so I was, you know, really excited about that goal and, and focusing on that versus, you know, the, let's try to get pregnant and, and all of the emotional toll that that was taking on us.
3: So you give yourself a little bit of a break. I'm I'm curious too, I'm hearing you found a great support system from professional standpoint, like you got like a great team at this point. How about the support system of loved ones and friends? How did that Uh, work out for you? Or do you feel like looking back, you, you wish you could have been like, I really needed you to do this for me. And I, you weren't um, able to. I had
0: great support at work um, and, and support from friends, but you know, we, we, like I said, we got married young. Um, a lot of our friends weren't necessarily at the place where they were uh, trying to have children. Um, and so I'll, and if they were, a lot of them got pregnant quickly, or at least it seemed like that because, you know, we were not in that boat. Outside looking in. Italy, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I definitely heard the, you just need to relax. And, you know, that made me want to, if you're listening, don't say that to people trying to get pregnant. Um. Right.
2: That's like saying somebody who's like, irate, like, you just need to take a breath. It's like, no, wrong thing to say, people.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, my response was typically like, um, "Oh, gosh, you know, I wish I would have thought about that. That's so much easier. I could just, I'll just relax. Sure, no problem.
2: I'll just go to the spa for the day, and it's just going to be like, oh, immaculate conception. Like it's just going to happen. It's just have
0: a baby then. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I read a book helped me in this in responses because oftentimes people just don't know what to say, and that is. Certainly understandable. It's hard when you're going through it, Um, but uh, the the responses you know. Oftentimes, people will ask, um, "Well, why you guys have been married for X Y Z? Why why haven't you had a baby yet? Or when are you going to have a baby?" And everybody hears that when they get married, right? That's the next step. Um, But this process has changed that for me because the only reason you ask that question. No, the answer no matter what it is is none of your business <laughs> so why someone's having a baby or not having a baby is, it's none of my business I'm not going to ask somebody that question and um the book that I read gave great responses like um just like the deadpan oh I I can't uh I you know I'm I or one once I um once I kick the drug habit, then we'll talk about it. You know, just going back to them, like, once once I become sober, then then we'll start thinking about it, which is totally oh, not oh us. God, I love it. But, you know, the shock that that would have caused people would have, you know, they would have been quiet. Um, or just to say, like, oh, we're celibate. Um, you know, just <laughs> throw people
2: off. Just give them
0: You know, I'm so tired of these questions that we'll just throw some type of crazy answer at them. I
2: did that when I was pregnant. Somebody had asked me when I was due, and I'm like, I'm not pregnant. Just because I was so tired at the question at that point, I did feel a little bad because you could just see the blood drain from their face. But we got to get our kicks somewhere. (laughs) Exactly. That individual
3: and Rebecca's original doctor are probably still having support therapy based off of those comments that they made. (laughs) Or at least I really do hope so. All right. So we, I love that you're expressing to people the fact that we have to be so mindful of our words. And I agree. Nobody's coming at anyone with these from a place of thoughtlessness in terms of they want to cause harm or distress. Or at least
2: most everybody's not. There's a couple, there's a couple people out there. I'm definitely the optimist. I'm saying most people
3: definitely won't,
2: Um, but it's still a great,
3: valuable time to maybe spend a little bit of time educating ourselves so that we do have appropriate responses. Or as Rebecca suggested, maybe just talk about ice cream. That seems to be a really great um, topic that we can all chit chat about. So I think I'm hearing, by the way, Shelby, not to go too much off. That while Denny is on Team Savory, I may have Rebecca on my side with Team Sweet, but we're not going to get into that just yet. So you guys take a little bit of a break and then you come back to your journey of, did you consciously decide at this point, we're going to go back and try again? We
0: actually did not. Um, We are those people that, uh, that gave up. When you quit trying, it kind of happened. And yeah. And it didn't immediately happen. I should say that, you know, that that that. Um, was not like a, oh, I just relaxed, and then we got pregnant kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I um, I was getting my master's degree at the time. And so it was, you know, my focus was there. Um, and I had graduated before we got pregnant. Um, uh, but I would say that all of the things that we did were part of healing our bodies. Um, so that I could get pregnant and healing my body really so that I could get pregnant. Um, uh, a lot of my issues I've come to to know are started in the gut. And so yeah, a lot of us don't think about how gut health can affect us. Um, and so that was part of that healing process for me. So we were not on medication or having treatments at the time that we conceived um, but all of that kind of built up and, and led into that. Um, and there are a lot of people that go through all of that and it doesn't happen for them. And to be a hundred percent real here, um, even when it does, that infertility sits with you for the rest of your life. If you've gone through it, then, you know, those listening know exactly what I'm talking about. We have, um, a wonderful, precious miracle child who is feisty and gets under her mother's skin like no other. Um, uh, but that, you know, it, it always sits with me and it's not that it's not enough and it's not that, um, that we're living in a, in a place of, um, not being grateful. It's just that it's a both and, um, and you know, that the infertility really sits with you. And, we are those people that it happened for and how amazing that was that's a story that i I should share too but um but yes we we weren't going back to treatments we hadn't been trying actively at the time um was i still putting my legs up uh, on the headboard afterwards and calling that not trying yes you know, but, um,
2: <laughs> but that was all part of not, ac- there's not no judgment. Here.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can help. You can use our table to put your legs up on anybody.
0: Those were little things. Those weren't, you know, the big toll that, that all the other stuff had taken on. So I actually, um, found out that I was pregnant after running my half, my first half marathon, and so that is you know running, if it wasn't cemented in me at that point from then on, there's just been this relationship that I have with running um and you know again, that hindsight, I look back and in my training, all of a sudden, my paces dropped, and I was like, "What is going on um like, I can't catch my breath all right." oh my goodness. You just need to
2: relax. I, well, that's all it was,
0: right? <laughs> just relax. If I would have been doing heart rate training at the time, like somebody I know just pushes all of the time now, you would have um, probably maybe. Been that, yeah. <laughs> realized. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had very irregular cycles before um, all of this. And so um, I was kind of just in the mindset of well, you know, well, we're not trying all of these things anymore. So maybe my cycles are back to being irregular. And so I uh, I decided to, to t- take a test. I can't remember if it was the day of my half or the day after. And it was complete shock. Wow. Um, and lots and lots of tears. <laughs> I bet. Um, and And so that was wonderful and something that I'm, I'm aware that that does not happen for everybody. And I am incredibly thankful, um, that that is our journey and, the, you know, and
3: feel free to tell me if this is incorrect though, that's, you're excited. You're, you have those, but as somebody who's anxious and I'm thinking, are you still filled with a little bit of anxiety and trepidation? So it's not like it just ends there and it's like this happily ever after there's probably still that continual fear as you move forward, um, so she's friends. She's
0: nodding her head. She's saying, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I am. And so it's, um, I, it makes me think back about that support and community that you guys were talking about. If we had that, I had a very small group of people that were also going through infertility, different journeys. Um, you know, it's, it's so different for everyone. And at the time there was, you know, one in eight people, I think it was. Uh, I looked up the statistic the other day and it's closer to one in five um, couples that that go through infertility um, now. And uh, I think that has a lot more to do with the fact that people are talking about it. And I think it's important. I
2: was just gonna say, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not, it's still hidden. I do still feel like it's definitely, it's like mental health. It's a very taboo subject, but I do feel like slowly... The curtain starting to get pulled back.
0: Yes. And that, so I had those few friends that I could really talk to that understood what it was that we were going through. And um, it, it really working with them through all of that, some of those people in that community were never able to have their own children or haven't up until this point. Um, we're not completely old and gray it's still you know in the realm of possibility um but it, it's it's less and less likely some of those people have adopted um and some like us were had our biological children yes um and, but um in that community and in that time and going through that um i was nervous to talk about it I was nervous to say that we were pregnant. Um, I was nervous for them and I was nervous for us and going through that. And so, um, you know, the, that first trimester, especially, um, we kept it close to us. We didn't tell our family members until um, almost into the second trimester. We, didn't, I mean, we didn't tell anybody. Family was the first that we told because – I was so scared, like telling somebody is going to change that. Um, But there was part of me that was like, well, we've waited this long for it to happen. Um, That it it can't just go away now. Right. Like it has to. Um, And the the other part of me was like, I'm going to document every step of this process and appreciate every step of this process because I don't know, and it it was it was a crazy, scary time. Um, the parent, parenting is scary for the
2: rest of the the time, right? Like for from then until forever. I would to say, once the test turns positive or you get the okay for the adoption papers, however your journey goes, like as soon as you know what's happening, I feel like it's the oh crud handle. Like you just hang on and just you go along for the ride. For the roller coaster oh, that it is. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah there, like there's that. a
2: non PG version, but we're going <laughs> to, we're going to keep the explicit hashtag off. this.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like it.
2: Well, Rebecca,
3: I have to say I've, I've been thinking, I've been racking my brain. What kind of a hashtag can we give you? And I feel like Urban Dictionary may come in clutch for us right here. And Batty being a girl who's always playing the game and always on fleek. Can we be Addie and Mommy the Batty hashtag? What do you think? I'm just saying. I mean, because you brought the game. You definitely on fleek. I don't even know what that really 100% means. I'm going to Google that. I'm going to Google that next. <laughs> but thank you so much because what I'm hearing is that just honoring where you're at. And continuing to advocate for yourself and supporting yourself with the people around you that really you need. Because what I heard from you say is that you kind of went for quality over quantity. You didn't necessarily, you kept your circle small, but it
0: was very important to you to keep that circle and helping support you along the way. Yes, absolutely. And if I could say anything, um, two things, I would say anybody going through this, you aren't alone And, um, that's why I think it's so important to talk about infertility and different journeys because it is a process that is so isolating. And a lot of couples struggle with their relationships during this time with each other, with themselves. Um, it's, it's a really hard thing to go through. And so those going through it, you aren't alone and there's support out there. There, there are support groups, um, and, and that's so important to make sure that you are getting the help that you need during this time because it's not easy. Um, and the other is for those um, that know people that might be going through infertility or don't know if they are. Um, just being present and saying, this sucks. I don't know what it's like, um, but it sucks that you're having to go through this. And I want to be able to be here and listen for you, to you. Um, during this time, and I want to be here for you. But I also know that it might be difficult for you to show up sometimes, um, you know, if there's a kid's birthday party or a mm-hmm. baby shower, and to say, it's okay if you don't come. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be okay with me. And I totally understand that. And giving that grace to people that you know that are going through this um, can really be healing for them as well. And so those are the two takeaways that I hope people get from this and um, how to support and then also know how to reach out for support. Oh, I love that
2: so much. Well, that's beautiful because it goes, again, not even just to this, but just allowing people the space to do what they need and for others to allow them that space and not put our own baggage or our own preconceived or our own egos in front of and just realizing that, we're all doing the best we can to, to, like you said, advocate for ourselves and do what what keeps us going day after day. So, very, very poignant point all the way around.
3: And lesson number three that is, if you don't know what people are going through, manage a business just shut yes. the mouth
2: like if you're invited Did in it. great other than right. that just be like you know your hair looks really nice today and can we get ice cream yeah. <laughs> ice cream that's the right ice answer, cream always, answer for anything. Yes. always oh yeah. my goodness
3: Rebecca thank you so much for sharing this and helping us to really um, explore this and for giving such great advice to folks on all sides of this particular spectrum both how to be a support and how to feel supported I love that so thank you Thank you so much for being willing
0: to talk
1: about it. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Something a little different. Hopefully, hopefully okay. Um, and and once again, if you haven't checked out Time for Brunch yet, um, do so. It's a it's a fun show. Like I said, a little bit different. Kind of a little structure-y type of workouts in there or runs or themes to the run. Um, but a lot of fun. Check it out, Time for Brunch, wherever you get your podcasts. That said, even though it wasn't uh, a typical standard show around here, we still have to have a a takeaway, right? There always got to be a takeaway. Anytime you listen to a good conversation, good story, uh, there's usually something you can take away from it. And uh, as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. A little chit chat between my wife and my friends, Shelby and Christine. What stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, for me, it was, it was something that I think is probably something that has been talked about before, probably nothing that, uh, is too earth shattering, but just, you know, sometimes the obvious things are still, it's still good to get those reminders. And that's, that's for me, it's just the value, the role that running can play for, for all of us, for any of us, certainly for me, um, in, in just different parts of life, right? Like, like when things are going well, like going for a run is just like awesome, And when, when there's some struggles, when there's some rough patches, like, you know, when life throws you a curve, when life happens, or in, in uh, our case there for a while, when life wasn't happening, um, sometimes, uh, you know, just going for that run to clear your head, um, is, is so valuable, right? And, and y'all know it. I mean, y'all know how you feel when you get back from a run versus, you know, sometimes when you leave, um, that run is pretty pretty vital. And uh like I said, I I don't think that's an earth-shattering thing, but it's just it's just a reminder that, you know, no matter no matter what we're going through, um if if we can get out for a run, not that it makes the situation better and great and everything, but it's it's it helps. It helps. And uh you know, it does. It does. So, anyway, that was my takeaway, just that reminder of how going for a run um even if it doesn't solve the problem or, or get you through exactly whatever it is that you're going through, um, it helps. It helps in a big way. And uh, what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What was your takeaway? If you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it. If you just want to let me know what you thought about this episode or, or uh, you know like it, don't like it, don't ever do anything like that again, Diz, uh, let me know your thoughts. At Diz Runs on Twitter, at Diz Runs on Instagram. Of course, Diz Runs at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, if you'd rather go through the website, we got some got some photos Rebecca didn't even submit photos. Not that I asked her to. I just stole some. So, you know, there's that. Uh, check out some some photos of uh, maybe our, our family, just a little bit. They're at disruns.com slash 1160. Disruns.com slash 1160 will get you back there. And uh, one one last call for Amino Code today. Uh, great to have them continue to be on board. Nothing wrong with giving your body a little extra something, something. Giving it what it needs, in this case, in the form of amino acids, and again, whether you want to take them before you run, after you run, both, and AminoCo's got different blends for different times of the day, different goals, different things you're working towards. Uh, but you can get it all from AminoCo.com/slash/dizruns, and uh, make sure you use the code Dizruns at checkout to save yourself thirty percent on whatever it is that you order. Thanks for supporting the sponsors; really appreciate that. It certainly helps to keep things going and growing over here at DizRuns HQ. So. With that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Check out Time for Brunch if you haven't done so already. Until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.